Dente Rigortis. I'm Review Cultist, and tonight we have some very special guests. Recurring special guests, in fact. <laughs> well, I don't know how special I am, but uh, this is Adam from the Role Point Exchange. Happy to be back again. Arg, this be Travis, the RP, the, the, the role-playing podcast mercenary. It's not really <laughs> my voice, but I wanted to say that first. It's fine. If I get to do an announcer, or like a, a weird intro announcer voice, you can do an intro announcer voice. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, tonight, um, as I have uh, these two uh, hosts on, we are going to be talking about a creepypasta based on one of our provinces or states. Uh, in this case, it's going to be um, uh, Savannah, Georgia, home of Travis. My hometown. <laughs> uh, and like the Kentucky episode, this will probably not have a whole lot of grammar inquisition, primarily because... This one didn't quite have much on Grammar Inquisition. Because, <laughs> like, reading it today to freshen up on this one, I really didn't notice any real issues. Uh, plur- a couple words should have been plural and cis singular. That was it. Okay. And Grammar Inquisition, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take the lead on this since it's about yep. my hometown. The, ba- the main reason I found this, because we were talking home state and problems, is like, well, I have to go see what's in Savannah. Because Savannah prides itself on being spooky, 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 i.e. one of the most haunted cities in the United States. Woo! So I was like, all right, there has to be something in the creepypasta annals for this. And we came across this little thing, uh, Keeper of Eternity, which I really enjoyed from the idea that like this is clearly written by somebody from Savannah, East President Street, Islands Express Parkway. And then from there, it kind of goes into this off-the-track woods, but... Reading it, it was like, this is, I enjoyed it for what it did. I don't particularly mind the story. It's kind of bland. And that's kind of what sat with, like, for all the stuff you could do in Savannah, this is really kind of bland. But still fits within the kind of, like, wider lore of Savannah in this weird roundabout way. Yeah, because even, like... Me like when I was reading it, I I was actually kind of drawing a lot of parallels to a uh, a ritual, some ritual pastas I've read in the past. Um, like it feels very much like kind of just a by the numbers ritual pasta, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, agreed. Um, but that's that's kind of the charming thing about it. This is also short. I wasn't sure how long it would take. The only other one I saw was Savannah, Georgia, romance with Slenderman, and I was just like, nope. Nope, nope. <laughs> we'll save that for the April Fools episode. <laughs> that's oh, that's a scary up. That's a scary proposition. <laughs> Frank, Don't worry, I'll make the other guys do it. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> Frankly, Cinderman, I don't give a damn. <laughs> that cat was set in Georgia, wasn't it? Going to win. Yes, yes. Uh, that, sure. The house is actually not the house. The writer wrote in is three blocks away from where I live currently in Atlanta. Nice. Cool. Yeah, but that. uh, So, Adam, how how was your feelings on this little short thing? Well, before we do that, sorry, Adam, to cut you out for a second. No, 
do do we not want to like say like uh, kind of give a quick rundown of like this this story post ritual thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you you. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, because like I'm not too well versed in rituals or pasta, that's your job. You are okay. my, you are my chef for spookums. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, keeper of eternity. It's on Kiwisik, or it's on. Kiwisik, wow. <laughs> Faustian, or uh, Freudian slip there. Faustian. Faustian is way closer than that. Faustian slip. slip. Yeah, no. Anyway, um, it's on creepypasta.wiki. Uh, and it is kind of, yeah, like I said earlier, it's kind of a by-the-numbers ritual pasta in that it is gives you the step-by-steps um, to get to this location, to this uh, keeper of eternity. But on credit roll, um, they said the title. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> title drop. <laughs> um, by going down like some directions, that like yeah, it's like like Travis said, it's very uh, ingrained into. It seems to be geographically ingrained in Savannah, Georgia. Um, except you have to find like this spooky, like off the off the beaten path road uh, in the middle into into like some dense forest. And then you drive out into the forest uh, uh, slowly. Uh, make sure you don't have a convertible, uh, a convertible, because the tree limbs start to finger your. <laughs> that sounded Whoa. really bad. Ooh. Start Whoa, to continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, start to uh, like claw at your your car, um, like <laughs> tapping onto it and like even like pressing down on it uh, as it, they move towards your car. Uh, to a point, and it gets thicker and thicker forest until you can't progress any further. And you better hope that you went early enough because you need that d- extra daylight to progress uh, ahead without being like killed in the forest. Um, it's at this point that you should leave your car uh, and start, uh, and then proclaim that you uh, you shall not you shall find your or find the keeper of eternity. Uh, and nothing in this woods is going to stop you. And then a path will appear somewhere in the woods uh, behind you, and you take that path into the, further into the woods. And you'll feel you'll hear a rustling, like 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 a cacophony of rustling in the woods around you and behind you. And you you're not to look back because otherwise you'll get killed by the, whatever it is. And you'll eventually lead your, yourself to a swamp, and you'll have to find a log, and You'll have to dive down into the water and follow the log down to its bottom and keep going down as far fast as you can. Don't try and go back up for air. Just go down to the very bottom of this log. And once you reach the end, you'll resurface into a pond that's, uh, that's in, some, in a forest, much like the one that you were just in. Then you will follow the trail... Oh no! There, by the pond, there is a uh, a building of indeterminate origin, uh, with lights on and such inside. And there is a statue of that is a facsimile of the Keeper of Eternity. And at its feet is a bowl. And you are to confidently proclaim that you are here to um, get the the uh, whatever it is that comes out of the the bowl. Uh, the statue will then psychically send you a very intimate private question that you are to answer confidently and without hesitation 
and don't tell, uh, don't try and like skim on the details because it will affect the whether you live or die right now. And upon answering, the bowl will fill up with a weird technicolor liquid that could taste like tap water and be as harmless as such, or be poison. And you are so, to drink yeah. tap water. <laughs> from a different city. Depending on where you're from, yes. I mean, it is Georgia. This is just where all the, the, the boil warnings come from. Oh no, the tap water's leaked again. Uh, <laughs> Make sure damn. the keeper's got a fresh badge. Did you test the water today? <laughs> um, so, then you're supposed to drink it, and if you if it, if if the bull or if the keeper finds you worthy, congrats! You're a turn. You're you're immortal. If you didn't, well, you're dead, or you're gonna die very soon as you start developing the symptoms of the poison. Um, but if you are now immortal, great! Now you get to survive everything. You get to outlive your family, your loved ones. You get to live through wars, uh, no matter how horrific they are. You get to see the the heat death of the universe and you will still be alive because that's what eternity is. Ain't that just grand. And that's basically the end of the story. So it, I felt like it had some nice things going for it. I mean, I'm not disappointed (laughs) with it overall. Like the beginning first two paragraphs were kind of meh, you know, over the past millennia, science and medicine, blah, 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 we can't cure death. That's basically what the introduction is. Then it goes, you know, like you said, through if you find yourself in Savannah, you go this, that, and another. But when you get about four paragraphs deep into it, and this is, you know, I like this, and I'll tell you what, there's several things that this passage that I'm wanting to kind of go over right now reminds me of. But, so, the passage verbatim is, now, if you're carrying a map, you'll probably notice that this path is indicated, is not indicated anywhere on it. But pay no heed. Continue along the tight and densely overgrown path at a slow pace. I had no idea I was supposed to be in the fucking car still. I mean, at this point, <laughs> like, like it becomes unclear. For yeah. if you go off the road here, you'll have no hope of ever finding your way out of this forest. And no tow, tow truck will ever find the turn off and come retrieve you. And now it gets a little bit better here. Simply follow the path before you. For while there are many bends, there are no turnoffs. Ooh, from this one. This is where the trees were doing the, the fingering stuff here, as you mentioned. <laughs> so this is this is like a podcast with a safe word. Uh, the trees will only grow denser as you progress until the limbs scrape like fingers on the top of your vehicle, which that's the first instance of vehicle that I realized yeah. at that point, you should probably note that it would be very bad idea to undergo this journey in a convertible. And I immediately had a little red Corvette by Prince pop in my head at that moment. But like, so I don't know, you get this weird, like the journey part of all this. It's like, I'm kind of getting this whole, like maybe crossing the river six and you're seeing the dead bodies there with the trees. But I've also got that. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going, kind of Wonka thing as you're driving through the woods there, which was, you know, I dug it. I mean, this is, like I said, despite its flaws, this is what really started dragging me into it. Um, 
it mentions a map and then it mentions a GPS. So it's just, you know, kind of weird. But it, I, I do like how in the subsequent paragraph, uh, they do, let's see, eventually you'll come to a dead end and the trees tighten around you like a noose around a dead, a doomed man's neck. Yeah, nice imagery. If you have a GPS in your car, it will proclaim your 15 miles into the Atlantic Ocean. And that's my favorite part of the whole damn story right there. Yeah, the kind of like, it, I hate to say the C word, but it kind of reminds me of like Carcosa a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um just because I don't want to say that just because like available over here. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because like, it's just such low hanging fruit. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, I actually, I'll have some ideas for like how to, what else to use for this, uh, later in this, in the show. But, um, yeah, no, the, the, the map and the GPS thing, like really helped to kind of bring in that, like, there's kind of like a morphic landscape in this woods. Um, and I do like kind of the the bouts of of imagery we get, like again, like the the tree fingering, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The, the 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 tree choking you like a noose. Um. Uh, and the other thing uh, that you brought up earlier, um, shoot, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, uh, regarding like oh, like the bends and turnoffs and stuff of like that, and how like you just like find this place. It reminds me a lot of another ritual pasta that we did on El Dente Rigamortis. Or the, on this show, <laughs> um, like a, maybe a year or two back, called Eleven Miles, which is a ritual pasta in Michigan where you're supposed to find a back roads. Um, you'll know when you see it, especially if you're like thinking on it. Like it'll, and if it finds deems you worthy, you'll find it, and you'll know it by its macabre appearance. But it's like the, again, this like kind of you you have to go out into like the sticks and find this creepy um, turn off. Uh, path into the woods and then you have to go drive and go on your little journey uh, in order to get your just rewards um mm. that's that's really kind of like i i did enjoy the story for its lo- like its descriptors but it did kind of start bringing me back to that that same kind of formula that 11 miles had yeah it kind of I mean, when you mentioned ritual, I didn't know that there was actually a genre of creepy pastas. It's called ritual pastas, but this oh, yeah. reminded me of the elevator ritual. If you've ever kind of, I know they did something about it on Tanis, which is at uh, Pacific Northwest. What the hell? Is I'm it? not familiar with the elevator one. It's, it's like there's a if you go into an elevator, it has X amount of floors, and you, you got to hit like with nobody on it. You're supposed to go to the floors in a certain sequence, and then at, at a certain sequence, there's a, there'll be a person, there'll be a woman who walks in the elevator, and you can't look at her, and you can't, you know, interact oh, yeah, with okay. her, and all that. And then like you end up going above like to a really different number floor that doesn't exist in the building. Then you go down to the lobby and you're in like another world or an alternate reality. Uh, I know that they included it on Tannis, but it's also something I've kind of, you can read about the elevator ritual, but yeah, yeah, that, that right there is prime like ritual pasta. Like it's basically a, a genre of like, Hey, and, and there's, there's certain issues with it. Like, a lot of them are just like, "Hey, how do you summon this demon that's gonna kill you um, if you if you get caught by it? If you play this midnight game, um, or like, very few of them have like an actual reward or boon um, for actually 
doing them. <laughs> um, they they seem to just be kind of like a thrill seeking purpose, which I find very kind of lacking when it comes to the or like the like the reason why you do a ritual pasta. Yeah, like at least like at least with like this one or like a mile or even the I'm not sure about the elevator game, but um like certain ones like if you can outwit the devil. He'll give you a boon, kind of thing. If you can, if you can survive the night, um, you get a, re- a wish or like a reward of some kind. But it, it'll obviously being a horror story or being horror genre focused, um, your re- rewards usually twisted on you, like the monkey's paw. Um, and again, it, it's uh, ritual pastas themselves kind of stem from like urban legends, like Bloody Mary and yeah. those kind of. Yeah, like ritual urban legends were basically just the the predecessors. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going. I'm going down the Islands Expressway right now. Thank you, Google. Are you actually following? What? What? You're going following it on Google (laughs) on Google Maps? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I I, I was I was checking it out one more time to remember because Islands Expressway. So uh, Savannah isn't exactly one city; it's a couple of them stitched together. So like TV, ah. Thunderbolt, Savannah. So it's Islands Expressway goes from downtown Savannah to Thunderbolt to Whit- uh, to Talihi Island all the way to Tybee Island. And so like a couple, yeah, there's like the Tybee National Wildlife Refuge. There's Fort Pulaski, an old Civil War monument. There's a couple of national parks through there. So like this is. Again, I the, I I enjoyed the the nature of the story because like I can see myself like I've been around this place and what they're talking about and like there are some just like you take a wrong one you take a wrong turn and then you're just gone in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Toronto in that like it's a multi multi city uh, like urban sprawl kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And again, like, yeah, like again, Savannah, Georgia, like the south, like the uh, the way the I like like the thing I do like about this one uh, that does kind of differ from other uh, ritual pastas is that there's actually it's it's focused it's it's rooted in an actual place and it actually has a like um uh like actual like places like streets to follow and stuff like that and while that kind of does promote a like it can be terrible (laughs) because you got people that are going to try and go there and do the thing <laughs> um, because people are dumb. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I don't like about ritual pastas uh, generally is that they're also fodder for, you know, that kind of stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does, it does merit also like that. It, it, it helps ground this in like a reality, like even like an, a weird Eldritch version interpretation of our own reality. Yeah, because like Islands Expressway, I finally found the end of it. It ends at a Quick RX Drugs and Paula Deen's Creek House Seafood and Grill. It does not end in Forest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so these people will be looking for a while. <laughs> well, were they going the proper direction? <laughs> I mean, they have to. I, be, I'm looking. I am looking at Savannah. That is like that that eastern part. Like, I don't know if that there is there actual land, like other like yeah that that whole eastern like coast is just looks kind of wildernessy but i don't know like where that is on where's the uh eastern uh, the what is the island uh so it's, it's island wilmington island isle of hope skid away 
and then the refuge and that's that those are the main islands but if you even look down like georgetown's where i lived and richmond hill and all those are just also that's mostly savannah is a brackish water swamp yeah so like all of that is just like man uh, not mangroves but reeds and rivers and marshes and alligators and sharks and all types of just you're you're dead if you go inside of it yeah <laughs> just it's like amazing i love it <laughs> <laughs> this thing irritated me on a passage here so right after the ocean thing it did something so nice it started talking about to like there's some things that were just left off that like i think structurally could have fixed this such so like it starts talking about time all of a sudden, check your watch uh, or your phone or your car's readout at the time. Regardless of the time of day, not a single ray will spill through the densely packed trees. Do not open your door or turn off your headlights. If you let your guard down in the forest at night, you're good as dead. Well, it's fucking dark anyway. It's just getting <laughs> dark anyway. But then it goes on to go, if you're wise enough to start this trip earlier today... <laughs> it was still light. Like what? Wait, where the tree fucking grew up? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was just like I, I guess like, is there supposed is there supposed to be light there or not? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, and you're not supposed to use any light, yeah, um, in this dark space. But yet, if you're just supposed to like, right. <laughs> yeah, like you're describe. It's like in describing the indescribable horror. <laughs> like yeah. you gotta, it's one of the other guys. <laughs> It's so spooky, you can't see, but don't be here at night, because night dark is different from day dark. <laughs> That's when the nocturnal things come out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but shouldn't they already... I guess I guess technically, no, they wouldn't be out if it's daytime. <laughs> but regardless, this is also a supernatural metamorphic like landscape in the woods... Yeah, that's like altering and changing. It's all you're basically already in the belly of a beast. Yeah, but... <laughs> so, but like I don't understand what you're supposed to do at night. Yeah. Like, do you just sit there and just pray that your battery doesn't go dead in this hellscape till it's like early morning in the darkness and the lights out, but it's not out. And... I mean, it's just kind of confusing. Yeah. Then you get to this whole part where, like, as you're walking, something's going to be pursuing you, and it's wrestling and. You and don't look, look at it, because yeah. then you're dead. <laughs> don't look at it, but when you get ankle deep in swamp, the, the frogs will be soothing. They're sa- they're croaking, which I don't know if you've heard tree frogs and nope. the, the like, but they're not really <laughs> soothing creatures, are they? They're well, not really it. croaking. I believe they're more like the chorus of the dam chittering in the trees, especially if you're in a swamp. Like, fuck. Believe it or not, us Canadians do have frogs during the summer. <laughs> I don't and believe you. <laughs> I've co- I've I've gone on walks at night or come home in the dead of night um to and open my car to hear the cro- the the frogs croaking. Um, Soothingly. Like, like yes. a siren song. <laughs> <laughs> like like the trees fingering your car. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh. And then like and this is kind of something that scares me. Like I can't, it actually traps into one of my fears because I do not like walking out in water. I cannot see oh, into. Yeah. But then, you know, as we go through this spirit journey again, like you're just gonna start walking through this swamp and it tells you to get a really big stick. Because, because Georgia has nasty creatures that can that live in only a foot of water, which I think they're talking about alligators and snakes. Yeah, or snapping turtles. Yeah. 
snapping turtles, alligators, catfish, mouth, even catfish, flounder. If it's big enough, can actually be pretty detrimental. Uh, blue crabs can snip your toe off if they're really desperate. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, it's it's not jellyfish. A... Oh, like really, oh yeah. Just, so swamp jellies. <laughs> yes, like to the oh, point God. that if you're if you uh, certain times of the year when they're breeding, you can go out into a dock and look, and you'll just see hundreds floating. Jesus, just giant swarms of them go into the ocean. Yeah, so I mean, again, it, much like Florida, Savannah seems to be um, surrounded by a wilderness. Uh, that wants to kill humanity. <laughs> yep. yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just keep thinking of like, uh, it, honestly, in the, I, I'm with you, Adam, like this reading this today, I was kind of reminded of like red dead redemption Two when you yeah. have to like wade through the marsh and like find the gators <laughs> and just like, Oh my God, <laughs> just nope. Out of this. Sh- like we have, at my cottage, we have um, like a murky side of the island, and I'm just glad my cottage is on the other side where there's rocks. And like, yeah, sure, we might have like really shallow water, and it might just all be really rocky, but at least I can see what's on my feet. <laughs> yeah, and okay, not like, okay. and we've had like giant snapping turtles and other like unpleasant. Uh, water creatures um, pop up here and there. So, like, I'm always weary about that when I'm on that side of the cottage. So, so you can look it up because Savannah oh, also, no. just to add to the atmosphere of how this place wants to kill you, our water is brown green. You cannot see like six inches into the water at the beach. So Savannah when you go out to swim, you just after the, the 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 crashing waves and you start going in there, you can't see a damn thing. Oh yeah, that makes sense because like they, it becomes brackish because everything's getting churned up. E- well, yes, specifically, and there's also some reefs off the coast. So like, it's funny. <laughs> the water looks really, really bad, but it's actually fresher than water you find in other. Oh god! So the- yeah, it looks really brown. <laughs> <laughs> so Ugh. we we yeah. we go from the croaking frog to wandering around <laughs> the melodious the croaking frogs <laughs> the sweet song it just lulls you into a the log that we mentioned beforehand but you got to swim to the bottom of the log but apparently this log is like an otherworldly log because like yeah what's I mean, that, what's that uh, what's that device in Harry Potter that like it's like the it's like the anchor to like teleport somewhere or to like end up in like another reality version of the, of somewhere. Yeah. Like I know portals, what you're talking about. Like portholes, I think they're called or something. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like that kind of situation or it's like a, a Virgil esque device or Virgil esque yeah. like um, artifact for you to like anchor yourself to as you travel between like our reality and the, or our sharing our shared zone of reality and then into the actual weird reality that is like where the the keeper is yeah because i just realized that yeah there's like sorry no it's fine no it's cool like it's it's really just you have no idea this is this is if you've ever seen the movie mandy i have yes it's like this you, you need to like it's I don't know if you've ever done hallucinogens, but like this is a good second to that. So just uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it it the reality blurs pretty pretty goddamn quick in that movie. But that's just kind of like 
the feeling that I got. Now, as far as I know, we 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 did. Did y'all realize how scholarly we did this, Travis? Like, so we gave the abstract, and then we went ahead and added in our you know main paper on this (laughs) our thesis yes (laughs) but uh i i don't really have anything else to say about going to the other world and meeting the keeper and then you may get something good or you may not get something good like at at this point when you make it to the pond it kind of lost me but i do like the fact that you get to see the heat death of the universe (laughs) yeah it's like you're either gonna die or you're gonna live and you're going to live. And you're going to continue living until everything else dies. <laughs> that which does not die can turn a lie. Oh, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I, I kind of get you. Know, like, the, it, again, it kind of not jumps as a shark at the once you get into the, the keeper section. It's just kind of like you've reached your destination. <laughs> um, I, I also, like, I was having a little bit of a trouble, like, trying to, like, I know that it gives me like it's like oh it's an it's a building of indeterminate origin. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> like I kept wanting to, I, I honestly like just me being I don't know maybe like a dummy or something like that. I just keep wanting to like put put like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean like blend of like Aztec shrine or something to it. <laughs> I want it to be a double wide. A what? I want a, a double, double wide truck. Like, like the one Kid Rock lives in outside oh, of Nashville, like a mossy Oh, oak. no. It's a McMansion. <laughs> it's a it's double just... wide McMansion. It's a double wide made out of McMansion. Don't you think Kid Rock, Kid Rock would be one of the good uh, additions to Nylithra Hotep's identities? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. He is an American badass. <laughs> oh, God. I've never looked at a human being and just like could smell PBR, but like, <laughs> yeah, like I look at him and I smell PBR, like the kind that's been left out in a can, in a can that's been open for like a it's week. Like smelling but... colors, <laughs> yeah. You just you you look at him and you see PBR, like you see the smell of PBR. <laughs> I smell gonorrhea. I don't know how, but I smell <laughs> But we we uh, we digress oh, and it's all my fault oh <laughs> robert james ritchie you're <laughs> such up. a scummy person <laughs> Good old uh so you weigh in travis weigh in like so yeah. we've got like pirates of the caribbean bungalow we've got mossy oak double wide like what's your otherworldly keeper's house look like so so the best way i can describe it is if you've seen stranger things the woods clubhouse it's just like Keeper's oh, home on the front, and it's just like sticks pointed up, and like this this giant statue is just like misshapen, made out of like gum and play doh, and maybe some mud, and like so, the so cup wait. is like a half chip bowl of like some far gone ceramic. So it's like if you took the, <laughs> and I love it. I love the, I love that imagery of like because I love that that shelter. Like I love uh, what is it? Uh, oh, Will. Will's Fort, or yeah, or Castle Will, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that Myers. description. And then it's what? Fort Myers. Fort Myers, yes. Byers. And then Byers, like yes. Ice cream. Right. Um, but then in the inside, you just have like the Hey Arnold, like uh, <laughs> idol. 
<laughs> if if anybody here doesn't get it, like in Hey Arnold, this cartoon from Nickelodeon, like back in the nineties and early two thousands, uh, one of the characters, uh, Helga, uh, had a secret, super secret crush on the main character Arnold, and to the point where she'd like collect gum and other like refuse and stuff of like that, and build a like facsimile idol in her closet to the football headed kid. <laughs> It was ridiculous, but yeah, I just imagine that's that's, that's what the keeper's statue is. <laughs> I was gonna go like monolithic, like basalt statue, like wayfinder statue kind of thing. No, it's gonna be a Hey Arnold <laughs> statue now in my head. I think it's even better, really. It does add to like the kind of like weird, esso- like almost like. Little fears, of course. It's of course it would be you, Travis. Oh, like little fears, like please. esoteric, mo- postmodern, like refuse statue, like outsider art, kind of almost. <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of almost fits. Like I feel like that's almost more fitting than like anything that I came up with with like uh, some kind of archaic statuary. <laughs> um. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Chavis. You just you said image, you have a second image for this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna draw that into the title card. <laughs> it's just gonna be the statue of the Wayfinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! You know. Yeah. So, and like, go ahead. No, I think you're more on point. Go for it right now. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I it is. It is. I'm with you. It got boring here, but like from a meta perspective, I really enjoyed it because as I'll go into a little bit more, like the journey is fun because I know where it is and I'm having a better appreciation for the story after hearing Adam's description and like going through with it. I realized I like that. And this part at the end is like, oh, cool. You die or live forever. Oh, surprise monkey paw. But it's, it's also from like a meta perspective by setting it in Savannah it adds this level of like a, a level of poignancy that I enjoyed that even if it is kind of just like, okay, here's your monkey paw for your ritual pasta. It, it it was still a like choosing for Savannah made that monkey paw feel, feel good. Feel like, like the right course of action kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, I'm kind of getting that like, each one of us has a bit of a, a nostalgia of, um, ang- aspect to these stories. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the rose-colored, but like not too bad. Yeah. I wonder how mine's going to be with when we go to Algonquin Park. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think my ultimate feelings about this is like, I, you know, I said I liked it and I like aspects of it, and I thought it was, you know. I'm glad. I think it's a perfect length for what it is. But if they, if anyone was going to take this formula, I think it would be better showing it as an application instead of it just being this laundry list of shit that you got to do to get there. Yeah. Like for some reason, and I know that me and you've spoken on this at times, but I'm a huge uh, Laird Byrne fan. I love his uh, horror fiction, and in particular, his old leech stuff. In the old leech stories that Lord Baron does, there's like one of the common motifs that they use is like a little book called the Black Book. Not very cleverly named, but if you find the Black Book, it actually 
I don't know the rhyme or reason how it gets to, in people's possession, but if you go through the steps and it's kind of like an almanac, it will lead you to some supernatural, like very horrible, terrifying kind of shit that tie in with the mythos. And I think that I would like to see this story. I think it would be much better if you were actually, we had these instructions from somewhere. We don't know where some the guy in driving the car printed them off the internet from an OGO cities page. that was cached from the nineties or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I just like, I would rather see this than just get the abstract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and again, it's another ritual pasta issue or, um, a, a trope of them is that these are kind of like, they're usually not a story so much as just a listing of like, of what could be the, the plot points of a story. So like, like they're, inst- they're an instruction. They're supposed to be by their nature, an instruction manual yeah, on they're, they're what the to go and how to expect for future. Yeah. To be built off of like, Oh man, yeah. I did this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I think like, Oh, what was it called? Um, I keep, I keep referencing it, but 11 miles did it well, kind of in, in that it actually gave you, kind of a, a third person narrative. I think it's third person narrative where like, it's saying you are doing this right now. That'd be um, second person. It's second person. Okay. Second person where it's like telling you that you are already like you are, you're the reader. You, the reader are the character taking these actions at the moment. Uh, and you are experiencing this because you want to do this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like a lot of these ritual pastas are good fodder for like for like an actual like narrative story because this sh- basically he's giving you the framework for the journey ahead. Yeah. Um. So what I'm hearing is Adam wants to write this. <laughs> what I'm hearing is what Adam wants to write an unknown armies <laughs> game because <laughs> that's kind that of what totally- I'm. Yeah. yeah, that's your unknown armies game right there. It's, it's, it's totally you're just this is a ritual, like as you have said, to do something. And I mean, I've read other stories that were ritualistic, but like had a clear narrative and stuff like that. I, mean, I cannot think of it. It was in one of these Lovecraft anthologies and something like that. It was like a very disturbing family trip. That like huh. the the compass and the map start leading them off track and stuff like that. I mean, I can I can totally see you taking this story right here and doing that. Like, yeah, have it well, have it be a compass that leads them or the GPS. I yeah. kind of like the idea that you're going to have to pack around a tom tom that detaches from a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find saying we're like 15 kilometers off into the ocean like we're in the middle of a dense forest well well, then that even ties back to Savannah because Savannah's such a big tourist trap there's all these like knickknack shops and there's all oh. these like pawn shops it's like you have to go to the knickknack shops in Savannah and don't worry you'll find it there's this old compass that doesn't work except it only points in one direction until you grab it and you'll know it's right because it'll move when you touch it and then it'll only move once. And then from there, it's like, 
you're starting to scour through Atlanta to get our Savannah to get to this thing. And it's like, it points to the parkway. And when you get on the parkway, you have to follow, you'll find a car on the side and the car has a GPS that leads to there. And then like just these, these levels of absurdist like notions that don't make sense, but add to the ritual. Yeah. And like, you could even have it like be that like some kind of corruption Ha- like just just going into savannah like you're already existing or maybe already crummy gps in your car um somehow gets like a bu- like it's basically a, like a a, vi- a a virus like from like the very presence of whatever this thing is in li- lur- lurking in the outskirts of savannah because uh just to kind of draw on some realistic on some real world uh story uh, my folks and I went down for uh, a drive out to, uh, or a drive, a simple drive. No, uh, went to a trip down to New York. Um, and on the way down somewhere in like Pennsylvania area, we were trying to find a, like a Burger King or something like that. And our GPS told us that there was a Burger King just like 500 meters away. But unfortunately we were on, we were about to, uh, it, that was not the case. Cause there was, we were, took an exit. And if we kept going straight, we would have gone past a road over the guardrail and back down to the, to the highway. <laughs> like, it, there was no, there was no Burger King anywhere near the, where we where it told us where we were. So, and this was like, like in the of, early 2000s. <laughs> now, if that was art piece, I, it would be par for the course, really. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that commercial, like a nihilistic Arby's. It's just like, <laughs> what did GPS, uh, you use GPS to try and find Arby's. What is Arby's? Where is Arby's? And you just see like a, a car, like in like clip show, almost like going over a, le- a ridge after like, che- like getting a shot of the GPS. And then as the car is like, barreling off and like it's like a still of that it just eat at arby's <laughs> welcome to hell motherfuckers eat at arby's cars explode <laughs> um you know do they make reverse rituals uh, I, think it, I would like to see some something from another portal like make their way across and like you think that it's people doing a ritual to get something but it's really someone from the other side going to oh our, i i get you yeah like maybe some of the things that lurk around or maybe even the keeper himself like uses the same route and gets gets into our world yeah rather than the other that would be an interesting that would be a very interesting uh either a creature feature kind of story uh and then that's like kind of the origin of it like you find this ritual and it turned out that like basically yeah, you following it, you discover like this is where the creature like lived, and like this is how it got back. It basically like killed, the, like dealt with the last guy that tried to do it, and then just found his pieces of paper that he like printed off from his uh for, to borrow from you the GeoCity site cache. Yeah, <laughs> just like pull, found like it was like at, like off the body. It's like how do I get? You? Ooh, this place <laughs> looks really nice. <laughs> it's like uh, somebody, I think. I think uh, Travis, uh, we have a, a a mutual friend, Greg, who like explained like a demon like from hell, like as a monster, another childish things character that was like, "Welcome to the bowels." Like you, the kid summons his demon, is like, "Welcome to the bowels of hell." Ooh, this is really nice. 
guys! <laughs> Nothing's on fire! Wait, they told me this place was awful. This amazing. I've been lied to. Haggard person from another dimension steps out from the forest, sees an Arby's. It's like, I'm still in! I'm still in here! No. I'm thinking... I'm thinking kind of a, a, a creepypasta twist on Collateral, the film, if you remember that. I've not, I don't know, I, I know of Collateral, I've never, I don't know anything about it, unfortunately. Uh, a hitman hires a taxi driver to go to five stops to do his job. Oh, okay. And so, Is that all? And, and then the, the taxi driver kind of has to deal with that situation. I, I just kind of see this as like, you're, a retelling of this is like, you're just an Uber driver. Savannah, trying to make some cash. And then this weird guy hands you these printouts. He's like, you know, he hires you on the phone and then like hands you the cash. And then you're just like, you're forced to do the ritual to get this thing home. And like, as it goes, things get worse and worse and worse. I kind of like, I I, I really like that idea. I guess we're, I guess we're basically going into uh, a segment that I want. I've started like, I've started like calling the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where we we look at the creep pasta, we we've looked at the creep pasta, and now we're like s- deriving ideas for it for like future things from it, <laughs> which is fine. I, I'm totally fine. It's like this show is nothing if not like uh, uh, constantly ever evolving and mutating and rather non informal ways. <laughs> Free form. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so like I like both of those ideas, honestly. Like a reverse ritual, and then like even an Uber driver. Um, so so with the Uber driver, is it like a reverse one where like you're trying to get the monster back or like out there, or you're trying to, or, or it's like the the weird guy who's trying to do the ritual and he's just hired an Uber driver to take him out there because he doesn't have a car. So <laughs> and, the, yeah, and the ritual is just a car, and and that's the two angles you can take. Like if you go with like I don't own a millennial, I'm going to take over here. Like, yeah. it doesn't explain what happens. And, like, then you have this. This sounds like a Call of Cthulhu scenario of, like, a, you know, an Uber pool is dragged into a a ritual pasta. And then the other one is, like, a little more satirical, a little more my style of, like, funny with horror of, like, the the keeper is tired of people not showing up <laughs> after he's a lonely. while. And he's just now sending people. Like it goes out and just appears, starts dragging in there to make the choice. So I, I kind of like an extension of that where it's, yeah, the creature followed the last guy home. <laughs> uh, like the the last the last um, uh, ritualist, the cultist, basically a cultist at that point, um, immortal, uh, went through the trials, became immortal. And it's like, all right, we'll see, uh, Keeper. And it's like, oh, uh, wait, C- can I come with you? <laughs> it's really lonely here. <laughs> Everything's trying to kill me. <laughs> uh, and then, like, it, sh- it comes home, and then it becomes kind of like an ET scenario where, like, he has to get home. <laughs> so, but with an Uber driver, but like the Uber driver gets pulled, in, and that's that's where you start the scenario or the the scenario or the the story. Have that all that as like the backstory, and then just start with the Uber driver, <laughs> like learning about all this shit. Because <laughs> like Uber drivers like to talk, like to tell stories and hear stories. Yeah. yeah. So just like 
suddenly get like also reverse on the Uber drivers where you hear like really creepy and weird stories sometimes from your Uber driver. <laughs> it's like, well, here's a really weird story for you back. <laughs> but yeah, I like those ideas. <laughs> it's uh, like I was gonna say, like you kind of brought it almost like uh, Terry Pratchett's. Um, is it Mort? Where Death Mort. decides to just take a vacation? No, okay. There, th- that is Reaper Man, where Death decides to take a vacation. Mort is where he hires an apprentice. Right. But doesn't he go like he like goes into the living world and decides to have like a little like a little vacation or something like that? Like yeah, that, that's what Reaper Man is. He, he Oh okay, that's Reaper Man. He decides to take a vacation or quit? No, he quits being Death. Because for some, because oh, okay. he's the overarching plot of death is actually incredibly sad because it's death is an abstract figure. Death becomes human. Death develops a family. His family dies, and he decides to stop being human and becomes more and more distance from humanity. So, like the kind of overall plot of the death story is an abstraction becomes human and realizes humanity is too sad and becomes an abstraction again. Oh, it's it's brutal when you yeah. actually get to see death like go into it, go into it. But yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I I definitely like see that kind of like thing though of like the monster like getting getting kind of like sad and then like leaving or like or just leaving his home dimension because he's like again, there's been like so much time passed between like immortal tests, um. And then again, you could even have this as a Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green game, where the DG agents just decide, or like, have discovered this thing is like walking among us. It's completely benign, at least in terms of like what it's trying to do. Have you seen its shack? It's completely benign. It's got a dumb (laughs) figure inside of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's so it's so goofy. Look at it. Uh, But then, yeah, like then have like the agents is like, what the fuck. <laughs> like just freaking out because they've, like they pr- maybe have either this is the like a first case scenario or like this is like not like maybe there's other entities in this reality in this world that like this creature is sitting in. So like this is like again like the evil org- the government agents or like the not the evil but like the 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 I do in quotes the 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 jaded antagonistic government agents like I E T where like you didn't you thought they were the villain the whole time and then it really was they're just. Yeah. They're just trying to like find out the truth, really. Like they're not actually the bad guys. They're just doing it really dumbly or really doing it kind of aggressively. <laughs> or doing it very coldly, a very like like a government agent. <laughs> you know, with their shotgun walkie talkies. <laughs> <laughs> um nice. I also regarding like the, the, the route, like the journey there, uh and I I've I've mentioned it before, it's like got this like weird like metamorphic landscape. I don't want to uh, if I was to use this for like uh, a DG game or a Call of Cthulhu game or something like that. I don't think I'd want to use Carcosa just because again, low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um it, it I mean, I'm sure like a lot of our listeners are they're like what are you talking about? Like I love True Detective season two, 1. I thought it was really, I thought that was that was a really cool idea. <laughs> but yeah. um I, I like to think that some of our audience also um has gotten tired about as tired with Carcosa as we have <laughs> in some it, respects anyways. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't hate Carcosa, but I'm like, it, it is old hat to me now. 
because of all yeah. of, like, exposure. Like to the to the, I, I hate to disparage the Delta guys, but like they're drawing a map of Carcosa for the lab for their Carcosa expansion. Like that 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 fundamentally does not fit with me. And it's yeah. just like hilarious to me for it, what that represents. It does feel like they're kind of taking a Dreamlands approach to Carcosa. Yeah, because that's what basically what the Dreamlands is. It's just a more structured kind of Carcosa. <laughs> but that said, like to have a place you can't escape with impossible landscape, very, very how Savannah likes to poise itself. At least it likes to poise itself as a temporally temporal place that is inescapable once you get it once it gets its hooks into you so like as much as i am a not a fan of carcosa that is probably the only city in the world from my experience that i would absolutely be like oh yeah no there's a portal there yeah (laughs) um yeah i would i would probably for for the forest journey and like the swamp journey into savannah i'd actually probably pull from another source uh probably a little bit also a very a fairly uncommon or common source from uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, Mama Shub or Shub Niggeroth, yeah. the Black Ghost in the Woods, the best yeah. character for, for several reasons. First off, fingering trees. No, oh god, <laughs> the trees, like literally, like in description, they are moving, they are shifting. That is, if that is not the the dark young of Shub Niggeroth, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, and also, like Shub Niggeroth is this like Mother Nature on steroids, monstrosity, like cosmic horror. So it's not just like earthbound. It's like, gotta have like weird, like dimensional abilities as well. Or like, and the way this story kind of treats the portals and stuff, it is very kind of organic and in the environment. Like it's not just a giant warping portal or like a phasing between realities, like or out of thin air, you have to go into a muddy, swampy, brackish water and fo- and hold on to a tree limb or like a, a uh, like a, a a log and swim down to the bottom and then suddenly you're in a pond on the other side <laughs> yeah so and like that yeah go ahead well, i'm just saying like that feels very like shabnigaroth to me that feels very like biopunk cosmic horror to me more than like carcosa would be um and even the the whole fa- the whole like kind of fountain of youth iconography we get from the story because it does kind of have that fountain of youth um, end of it. Uh, the whole like you drink this the substance that pours in that self pours into the bowl and you either die because you weren't worthy or you are immortal forever. That's basically also Shubnigaroth's thing is like ever present kind of mother nature. <laughs> Yeah, and like you can even draw on local sources for that because voodoo and hoodoo and Satan cults and witches are all over Savannah. Like to the point they're like, don't go in these woods on these nights. Why? Well, that's where the cults are happening. Just 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 listen to me and don't go there. So like that's still a thing yeah. that happens in Savannah. Yeah, it's like w- a witch cursed woods and. Um, like that kind of again, like I, even that, like the 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 voodoo and the witchcraft kind of stuff, and that's all very like earthy magics as well. Yeah, so it just helps to add on to like the flavor of like this cosmic entity that is lurking in the woods. Um, another thing that the 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 whole pool and like the pond 
And again, the the substance in the poll kind of reminded me of was a a, a novel I'm still trying to get through. I'm a terrible person. Um, that I was that was brought to my attention from another podcast that we're all familiar with, uh, RPPR. Yeah. Uh, Liminal states um, was suggested as a good or uh, like it was an inspiration for Caleb Stokes for his one of his first uh, Call of Cthulhu scenarios. Um. Just with like the whole like aesthetic of it, but in this story, Liminal States, um, it takes place over the course of three eras, um, and each one is a different genre in that era. Like uh, during the nineteen, it's like eighteen nineties, I believe, during in the old West um, is where it all starts, and it's these two uh, cowfolk um, of various uh, archetypal um, assholery, <laughs> yeah, who find a pool inside of a uh a mesa um okay spoilers for liminal states i actually do recommend checking it out because it is really good uh, i'm sorry my fellow hosts you're going to have to suffer <laughs> through some spoilers you're fine um yeah so this pool they uh, one of them finds this pool uh, initially and it's uh when he gets submer- submerged in it he basically becomes immortal in that when he gets killed he wakes up reborn on the shores of this pool uh and it's something like the pool's substance itself is basically this regenerative like kind of fresh start or like re uh like basically a uh, a respawn pool um and the the only it would be great and terrible for the world and great for the guy the guy the first guy uh because he's an asshole and a villain except that his nemesis in the story also ends up in there by his own kind of uh by his own doing like by the villain's own doing so now they're just kind of stuck as immortal beings unable to die and continually like at each other's throats through history and so the story then goes to like the 1930s into like a very noir detective story with the two characters uh and then there's a dystopic like future uh period like in like the late 21st century um, and like the world's gone to hell and like, they're not entirely, uh, not entirely because of their do uh, just like, of not of their undoing. Um, so this story kind of brought me to that. Like I kind of was reminded of that with the, the whole, like the substance giving you eternity and you're never going to die regardless of what happens to the world around you. Um, even when you experience the heat death of the universe, I kind of got like a sci-fi vibe for this story's horror. Um, like, We've been, we've been we've talked about like Cthulhu games and like uh, Delta Green kind of stuff for this. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to do an Eclipse Phase game. I actually have a book series that is science fiction that is exactly like the liminal spaces you're talking about. That is sci-fi. Yeah. That huh. would go f- f- would work as either Eclipse Phase or if you want to pull your book out from under your players, you run it in some type of low fantasy setting. And oh. they are both science fiction. So does so, anybody remember Riverworld? Oh god. Yeah, uh, I know it by the miniseries or the uh the TV miniseries that came out in Sci-Fi Channel. Yes. So that's um, a book series. I was aware I think of that. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Uh, you were going to say something? I was just saying I'm aware of it. Yeah, so the book series, it turns out that Riverworld is actually, Earth is gone. 
and they took everyone that died and resurrect them in this artificial super earth that's a river valley and you can't you you are born you know if you are under 25 uh, if you're over 25 you're reborn as at 25 and if you die you you also come back perfectly not any non-fatal energy is regenerated you can be dismembered blah 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 if you die you wake up on the river again at a different part with your little canister and you just keep going and the entire thing is about kind of this exploration of the river and the cultures and the people that show up and go through it i think there's one alien in the entire series because he was at area 51 when the earth exploded oh my God. but the entire series is this very low tech outside of this they're called grails object that holds your hallucinogenic gum utensils makeup food drinks it kind of holds everything you need so you don't need to cultivate the river world but you can and it kind of becomes the resource people use to 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 do the evil shit so like slavers take it and stuff like that so yeah like the idea for eclipse phase to take the idea from the keeper of eternity or just run this in like D and then yeah. all of a sudden like surprise this is actually a type of crazy science fiction world would be really interesting yep um i could actually almost see like uh adam and i have been talking about zweihander games oh, God, <laughs> uh, yeah. i could almost imagine that being in zweihander and just not have a whole lot of the like or like kind of mimic the uh the magic the very low magic that's in that that's also very like deadly just have that be tech <laughs> Yeah, or just, like just, that you're not aware of, or like biomutations and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. I would play that. My idea I, for oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying. I know the twist. That's why I couldn't play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my idea for Eclipse Phase is actually um, a weird one. I, I in because it wouldn't be so much using Eclipse Phase solely as it is. I mean, you could kind of modify it for that. Um, as just basically you're dealing with the immortals who own the land or seeking to reclaim that part of like Savannah um, because that's where they got their immortality <laughs> and like kind of just have it be like they were the first basically guys who, who cheated death um, or to mod the system or like the setting a little bit to, into a campaign of uh, so you do what I like to call what I'm calling a flat funnel um, in, in Eclipse Phase there are flats who don't have like the cortical stacks that allow you to uh, basically re-sleeve yourself into a new body and basically you're immortal because of that. Um, it's the whole part about like this whole sciencey tech thing of the transhumanity of that game. Um, but it's set in the present day. You, the first episode, the first session is set in the present day, and it's a flat funnel. So there's a bunch of you. You've all found the the the, the Geo City site page. <laughs> Uh, and you're you found the the trail like the the, the trail into the woods, and you you tr- go through the trial of the ritual, um, and you end up in the um, uh, with the uh, the bowl of, of eternity essentially, and you take that and then you basically upgrade your character to effectively having the same mechanical benefits as having a, a cortical stack, um, or and having a a, a reusable like. Uh, uh, like sli- re-sleeving area, and then you basically just have that. Your characters are the only ones who have that that mechanical benefit, and the campaign goes from there to, um, kind of like liminal sp- uh, liminal st- uh, states where you go to different like kind of periods in uh, f- moving forward and forward into the future 
to eventually like the dying earth genre where like the heat death of the sun is about to happen or like the the sun's about to go red giant red, uh, red dwarf and you're and like either humanity hasn't quite gotten there yet to getting outside of the solar system or hasn't been able to find anything in the soul like anything beyond the solar system that's livable or you're just trying to like get like you're trying to get on to like the nearest arc ship or something to leave it's kind of my take for um using eclipse phase and just using the mechanics of eclipse phase yeah um but that's about that's that's kind of what i came with now i mind you i'm not 100 percent fluent with eclipse phase so adam have you you've played the game a lot more right i played it a few times yeah yeah um how like feasible do you think that would be, or am I just kind of drawing at straws? <laughs> uh, somewhere in the middle. Like I, like I can see it being possible. To be honest with yeah. you. Okay. I'm sorry, I have no further detail. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of it. Like, okay, now that's it. And then we got the new edition, but it doesn't change the lore. <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. It, no, it's fine. Um, again, I, I kind of like, I from my own like knowledge of Eclipse Phase, like that's kind of like where my head went when I was reading this. Yeah. Was like I was like, oh, I wonder you can use Eclipse. Like I was really just looking at like what could I use for like different sci fi like weird sci fi games. I do like the river uh, river world idea too, uh, Travis. Um, and I, I like the like maybe even like incorporate this idea a little bit more in like as well with that with um, again Swihander. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or like those kind of like again like you guys are like you suddenly like you go on this mission you do this thing and then you realize like or then we cut to a, like maybe even like this be like a, not even a campaign but like a like a two or three scenario thing where like you just suddenly cut it to like alright fast forward to the heat death of the universe <laughs> alright fast forward till the time that the titans come and then all of a sudden oh god you're still alive and yeah. they can't touch you. And everything you've seen... Like, and you're on been... Earth at the time. Wait, yeah. doesn't that just technically turn you into a null from 40k when you just happen to pop to a chaos storm? I don't know anything about that 40k. Happening? So, so in 40k, a null is somebody who has no warping attire. Essentially, they're soulless, so chaos can't touch them. So oh, when so demons show up, they can't touch them and Nulls can. It's like a ghost showing up and starting to kill demons. The Empire uses them, so it's it's kind of the same idea of just like you can't touch me. I have to deal with all this stuff. Oh my god, what's going on? Both sides are just terrified to do what's going on because they're the antithesis of each other. Okay, here's here's my Eclipse Face take, and again, this is like my 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 listenership knowledge of Eclipse Face more than like really any kind of gaming knowledge on Eclipse Face. Um. You're on Earth, like so. You do the, you you went through and like this is how you got became immortal. Um, was the uh, the ritual and stuff like that. And you're still on Earth when it was taken over by the Titans, and you're immune. And then uh, a couple of hun- a couple of decades go by, and people are trying to reclaim the Earth from the Titans, and they're seeing you, <laughs> and they just think that you're another uh, one of those. Um, Either infected, you're, you're. They think that you're a titan, because <laughs> why? How the hell does a does a human live on the earth, ravaged by the titans and their nano swarm winds that disassemble people, or like 
they're headhunters that like rip out uh, people's heads for uh, their cortical stacks and stuff like that. Like, how do you survive that? And not and like, how you how are you living on the earth on this blasted earth? Um, because maybe that's the other thing about the immortality. You're stuck on earth. Like you like maybe that's the uh, the other part of the the monkey's paw is that you're you're inter- you're you're immortal, but you're earthbound. <laughs> yeah, you just can't. Yeah, so you never, we were never able to actually leave the the planet. Oh, you tried. You were in the yeah. elevator. You were at the top, and then you were at the bottom. Exactly. And you were at yes. The top, and you were at the bottom, and it's like, you're like you're 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 quantumly fixed in the in that uh, in Earth's location. Calm down, guys. You can only go get get much science fiction and fantasy mixing together before I just have to like go to another room and start writing things. Sorry. My weird, my weird boner can only get so erect. Please edit that out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or edit yeah, it. Like okay, edit it, sure it in. Oh, for, <laughs> it's up to you. If you want me to get rid of it, I will. Yeah, you're good. But no, I think I'm most interested in because I've only heard two or three games of Unknown Armies, but it's moment Adam mentioned that I'm like, oh my god, a man Savannah is amazing for Unknown Armies. Because if it is about rituals and ideas and these kind of beliefs that build up into their own, almost like pearls in the oyster of the world, like Savannah is rife with this type of stuff. And that seems like a fantastically dirty city to set that that mentality loose in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because everything I've heard of uh, unknown armies that like it's just post ma- post uh modern like urban like weird fantasy and like horror right adam yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i zoned out <laughs> it's okay. kind of blowing nose but yeah it's but, it's kind of uh i mean kind of a fucked up american gothic in a way too uh for eclipse and eclipse I'm, i guess which years excuse me uh for unknown armies in general i mean I usually try to run it as people trying to do something because they love humanity and they love the human experience and then just fuck it up. That's usually how I run it. You know, it's like you, you've you kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater kind of set up. Yeah. yeah. Like in your, in your passion or in your um, obsession, like for like the, for like the greater good of humanity, you've like, I've done something like, inhumane. <laughs> yeah, like well, if, to give you an example, and I'm hey, I'm letting the cat out of the bag of something we'll eventually post on RPX, but I'm playing a game where I'm not like it's set in Texas because the GM's from Texas and stuff like that. But that's neither here nor there. But I'm playing a character that um, it's not a, a whole human. I, I came up with the concept of there's this like very criminal kind of person who pissed off the wrong person and then his identity got separated so he, there's like a good ash and then an evil ash you know what i mean oh, okay yeah so i'm playing half of a person but oh, I so they, you're, sorry, yeah, i'm not so, I'm not i'm not the good i'm not the bad guy i'm the good guy but i'm not a full yeah. guy kind yeah of sorry yeah i was i was just, i'm sorry for continue trying to interrupt <laughs> um oh, yeah. I was just thinking, like, yeah. So you're basically like your character was um, like cursed in that you were basically like your two two sides were severed. So yeah, like suddenly like, there's a like it's like how like uh, like how in 
Dragon Chan Adventures. <laughs> there was a there was a there was the the he got the yin yang talisman, and suddenly he was there was a good Jackie, and then there's a bad Jackie. <laughs> to reference the, the juvenile, yeah. To, yeah he's to, got, to he's go got tidy legitly the one next. Oh my gosh! <laughs> to, to to go with a, a different tabletop setting, it, it's almost like the idea of uh, it's the certain execution of fetches from uh, Changeling the Lost. Um. If you know in Changeling, you get pulled across the head. Sometimes they make a fetch, and the fetch is stuff that you lose when you get dragged across. And that's how they're able to look like you, act like you, but aren't you. And what they do in some of the stories in Changeling is they have people choose to go hunt down their fetches to become whole people again. But it's literally dealing with a doppelganger that has all the humanity that you've lost going through the hedge and like having to deal with that weirdness. Oh, that's just- that's essentially what I'm doing. So my guy's just trying to be good. So he's a youth minister, but he also was a career criminal. So like one episode, I didn't have a car, and the second uh, session we did, I'm like, "Yeah, I got a car now." Oh no! You're reminding me of family stories you can use for your character. <laughs> I have a cult in my family, and it sounds like something you can use. <laughs> Okay, internet, I have a fucked up past. You all heard this before, if you know anything about me. Uh, do you want to hear about the cult and the mother side of the family? But, yeah, sure. If, sure. That's okay. If you're, if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so, half of my family is black sheep. That's my dad's side. And my mother's side of the family is bleached sheep. They're not, they're not white sheep. They're bleached. They're all black. So, my mom's side of the family had a cult in it. And I only know this because it was a big joke my dad spilled one day and my mom got really upset about sharing it. There was a cult in the South Carolina, Georgia area that she was, like, I want to say a distant uncle. And it was a commune of, like, four families and this guy. And he tricked them into not working, and he was a youth pastor. That was the pastor that was telling them all to his special interpretation of the religion and every time they would ask for something if it wasn't for him it would be the lord will provide but he also had connections so like the lord will provide hey informant get me my shit or i'm gonna break your kneecaps (laughs) the lord will provide and like oh there was there was a couple this was like a 30 40 minute conversation of just all the crazy stuff that was happening with that because my dad went to him. My dad played football, as I've mentioned before, so he's a big, tough guy. And it's the only guy my mom said that she, the cultist, uh, the cult leader, was ever scared of. And like, they had a kid there that was trying to get into sports, and he couldn't get anything because the, the Lord would provide. So eventually, my dad like got a baseball mitt for the kid that he would needed, and like handed it to the kid, and like the Lord will provide and like stepped up and almost threw the cult leader like out of the window or something. I can't remember it now, but oh. yeah, you should start saying the Lord will provide and then having like informants start giving you shit and just claim it's a minor miracle. <laughs> I dig that. Thank Damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so, not not to be disrespectful. So you lived in a in an in a unknown armies game. Carries on, you know my past. I know. Every time I talk to people, there it, there's more and more. I had an anime past. If I could, if I could, if I 
the goal is after PhD to write my memoirs to share my past <laughs> and what I've heard about growing up and experience because it will be unbelievable and unrecognizable as an actual nonfiction story. Well, it, it just kind of goes to show that uh, uh, what is it? Um, what is it? Reality is stranger than fiction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or uh, as as Rob Robin Laws <laughs> says. Uh, you scratch history enough, it bleeds weird. <laughs> that also means personal histories. <laughs> yep. But yeah, like going back to the idea, Savannah's biggest pull is its sport, and like the idea of that much self-created and focused belief being used in fold to kind of metastasize into this weird fantasy American Gothic would be fascinating. Like. Yeah, there's you know there there's dumb jokes. The the Savannah Squares, the very famous, they're play pits that they just didn't want to build buildings over for fear of hauntings, so they're just turned into parks. And like, there's even super dumb jokes of like, oh, here's a memorial to Tamachichi, which is a famous Native American in the area. Of like, if you do this ritual and knock on it and ask him how he's doing, he'll say nothing. Hey. Wow! So, yeah. so he's so he's a so so he gives you a dad joke. <laughs> it's a dad, dad joke ritual. But at the same time, that opens up the door to like, what happens when Tamachichi says something? Oh what God! Happens, what happens when the the plague when the plague pits start crawling out? What happens when the you know my brother the in Savannah the River Street is built like twenty thirty feet below the 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 upper one to keep from flooding and the fact it's below sea level and Savannah's going to be wept off the face of the map if there's any and the sea levels rise up the whole nine yards um he went and just started running through the tunnels with his buddy and he was talking about how people chained walls and looking through doors and like f- fictional like actual ghosts and torture victims of the past just chilling out oh my god so, that that like, seems like such a yeah. There's there's so much fodder there in Savannah, <laughs> like just from what you've described. Yeah, and that's and that's just starting to that's like the downtown connector. That's just like a a, a maybe three mile square of Savannah's entire spacing. Like the no. city is rife with crazy stuff. Like, what is it? There's a, there's another one because I did the spooky tours because I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do the spooky tours. Um, there's a place that you can see that they've um, smashed glass bottles and hung them on the the railings, and they say that this is one of the inspirations for the exorcist because they had to. And but instead of calling a Catholic priest, they called a old uh, voodoo hoodoo uh, man. Uh, practitioner to come help get rid of the evil spirits and I'm like well you have to put glass up because spirits uh can enter glass but they can't escape it or if you want to keep them out and make it dangerous you can sharpen glass and make it into a weapon so they've essentially made spiritual barbriar around this entire building oh my god and that like, like yeah yeah there and there's just so many more of that place it's just like Savannah is mentioned in the the book that I always talk about when I'm on this podcast, uh, Ghostlands, and how it's the, the the idea of the specter of the past and like Savannah, right? 
social injustice. It's just the nature of being one of the original 13 colonies and like yeah. how they dealt with people and all this stuff. Like the, the ghost stories that are bred out of there are bred out of those social injustices, but also with this weird corporate twisting that there's actually a test that you have to take on the ghosts of Savannah, this kind of scrubbed down sanitized version that you tell to do and be an official ghost story teller of savannah for the midnight tours so it's this magical little cesspool of like the injustices of history twisted into these consumable stories but at the same time sanitized in a way and twisted even more to be child's candy instead of these kind of frightening events and like it just oh god I, i'm gonna have to go buy unknown armies now and <laughs> just start writing games set in this little messed up corner of the world. I would actually buy the book with you and play that game. Because <laughs> I've not actually got it. Like, I've, I've, I've listened to the games on, like, RPR and, like, RPX and other podcasts, but, like, I've never been able to, like, quite bring myself to buy the books because they're big. <laughs> they're big, yeah. There's, there's three it's... of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of these things, and I know that, like, we've kind of like I'm kind of dragging us off the road here, but we have devi- <laughs> we we've been thrown into the mine into the in, we've oh god we're, we've run off the uh, the trail of this uh, this forest oh god, now we're in the, the forest tree, the, the fingering trees will get us oh back god, no. oh god I knew it was coming when I knew it was coming back um, now basically like when you're playing a game like Unknown Armies you just got to get your flavor right uh, and what I mean by that is. Too much, there's too much weird for certain players that you play with, mm-hmm. I, and I've I've hit that limit before, but like I played in games where everyone that you dealt with NPC wise was like not everyone, but a lot of them were involved in the occult and stuff like that. And then there's like these weird kind of occults, magic schools. Like there's like agromancers, which are you know they're farmers and stuff like that. I mean there's just like tons of like little odd nuanced stuff like that but like i find the best uh it's just like if you go like in the beginning you go kind of spare like sparingly with the weird but like you can eventually ramp it up but it's one of these things like if you're running that game for somebody you've got to do some world building before you start throwing out agromancers and somebody who is the avatar of the 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 masterless man and like there's like tons of shit out there that in this game that you just kind of gotta step yourself into if you know what I mean you have yeah to, like established like okay so yet basically you have to have either a session zero or like uh, a kind of like a group chat before you guys even do the camp like a game in it just oh, yeah. to kind of like help establish like the, well, no, what people... se- session zero is built into it like you oh is it okay. Yeah, you actually got to sit down and you make a court board up and you you got to link all the characters together in the region and stuff like that. Like, uh, for example, in that game I was telling you, I was playing in right there. I'm playing the guy who works at, who is a youth minister at the Corner Baptist Church and stuff like that. And then I will say, like, another player, an NPC, has a tie to that church and it's just like a round robin that you go around the table and just world build. Gotcha. And it's it's really cool. But yeah, session zero is uh, a must have. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it seems like it's a very uh, it can go very interesting place, but like very like weird and out like out there play location or out there spaces that like everybody has to kind of like at least be like on board with or like even on like at least in the know of. <laughs> yeah, ahead of time. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll talk later about unknown armies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not off recording. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm dragging yeah. us back to the ro- I'm dragging us back to the trail. <laughs> All right. All right. So Keeper of Eternity. Uh yeah, I think we've we've really touched on in the kitchen <laughs> um a lot of like Savannah is spooky and this is very fitting for for as a as much as it is uh, like a kind of by the numbers ritual creepypasta, it is also very fitting for the setting that was chosen. And uh, like you said, Travis, it is very much uh, like the person like who uh, who wrote it was probably, um, if not guaranteed, to be somebody from Savannah. So, um, is there anything else before we kind of wrap this one up? On like what you guys uh, for for uh, the keeper of attorney? Uh, overall, still can't decide if I like it or not. <laughs> yeah, it had, it had moments. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's I I, I strongly am drawn to it because of the nature of recognizing the set, the situation. Like, can kind of remember times of my youth of like just getting lost on the road, going wherever the hell I wanted to. But yeah, it kind of is just like, eh, outside of that nostalgia factor. Yeah, like I, I, I feel it because like I, I can, I can get a sense that like with this one specifically, like I, I can get behind that because like I also have like done similar thing, like walk arounds of like my own hometowns and stuff like that. And so like if I had a crew pasta that was literally in my hometown or somewhere that I've treaded, um like it would be very familial to you. And like, that's kind of like part of the charm of it. If you're from Savannah. Yeah. And even as somebody who has never set foot in the, in the state, um, I, I did get a, uh, there is a geographical familiarity or like, cause again, you can just Google maps nowadays. And the, the wonders of technology, <laughs> uh, you can Google maps in like street view that street to a degree. um, and you can kind of still kind of get a sense of like familiarity to uh, the fact that it's grounded in a place with address with, with uh, street names and directions. Um, yeah, I don't like I. It is pretty by the numbers. I I might recommend it as f- it's it's not going to take a whole lot of your time. Um, it's pretty foreseeable. Like it's pretty, uh, like you kind of know. I, w- I was a little surprised at the ending, but it was j- just like slightly at like how like it went monkey's paw. But it's also kind of the nature of of ritual pastas. Yeah. So I'd probably I'd recommend it if you're into like the ritual pasta stuff, or if you're looking for fodder for something like for a game or for like uh to make to build a story off of this this ritual. That would also be just as good. Like this is this is recommended for me for like fodder, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can see it, that being the best use for it. Uh, okay, 
There's no story that they did not want to write themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or that they didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, if there's nothing else for Keeper of Eternity. No, I can go all day about the Phantom, but like, I mean, we, we <laughs> that, I feel like that would be a separate episode. <laughs> Travis talks about how crazy his hometown is. Unknown savannas. <laughs> Unknown south. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, that has been this week's episode. If you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Tumblr. Um, possibly on Kiwi 6, but possibly on Podbean, depending on if this gets posted or where when this gets posted. Um, you can also get a hold of us on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. Um, you can also send us uh, emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Or you can also leave us suggestions for other creep pastas you'd like us to support on the or you'd like us to suggest on the show. Uh, and I am forgetting to ask my hosts, <laughs> what are they doing and how, what do they want to plug at the end of the day, at the end of the show? of the uh, the show so i apologize guys hey, what do you want to no, no probably you know we've been here so often together it's just kind of you know an old hat here that if, but uh yeah so if you want to check out the, the podcast i work on it's called role point exchange we're found at www.rollpointexchange.com you know facebook.com slash road chain exchange and on twitter we are at rp exchange um we're pretty much on app iTunes and I think we're even on Spotify and all that, but we uh, pretty much are an RPG centered podcast that uh, we put on two actual play episodes a month and then a talky one, as I like to call them, which is anything from uh, just discussing elements of role playing games to interviews with Kickstarter uh, creators and, you know, stuff like that. So, if you want to hear more of this or check out that Unknown Armies game, probably want to check in in about seven months, and that one will be posted. <laughs> oh, the backlog. Glorious, <laughs> glorious backlog. And I guess on my end, uh, I don't really have much an online persona or footprint anymore. As I joked about at the beginning, I'm kind of a podcast mercenary. So if you're interested in me to run things, send me a message uh, at juju underscore Munster, M-U-N-S-T-E-R is my Twitter. Um, you can also hit up uh, Review Cultist here. You can also send me an email, uh, T, first initial, last name, so T-G-A-S-Q-U-E at gmail.com. Um, that's my main email address. I will respond to that as quickly as possible. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm a PhD student. I'm doing a lot. I have like three or four conference papers I'm working on this semester. And the next semester, I'm doing a studio where we're potentially going to talk about the five stages of storytelling. And I'm going to have to blow people's minds by talking about how you can use Delta Green as a... The mechanics of Delta Green as a way of representing mental trauma you experience as a minority or underappreciated group in America. So that'll be what I do there. I will also, the goal is every weekend, this hasn't happened yet because I just finished moving, but every weekend I also plan to convert one of my nine gigs 
um, some file or character from that and just post it online for free under Creative Commons. So as soon as that starts happening, I'll have a nice long backlog to start working on for while I'm at PhD. Excellent. Uh, all right. So uh, add for El Dente Rigamores as well. Uh, if you're a if you'd like to become a patron and help support the show, you can go to Patreon, look up El Dente Rigamortis. Uh, and select the backer tier you'd like to support us at. And we have extra content, special episodes, early access. Uh, if you're a patron that's already helping support the show, thank you immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, that's very appreciated. Um, and uh, to our listeners and the creators of the story, thank you immensely, because without you guys, we wouldn't have fodder to dissect and look at and... Uh, built off of and we certainly wouldn't have uh, if we didn't have listenership well well i'd be sad <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't stop us wouldn't yeah i mean we'd still be just we'd just be shouting into the void <laughs> so uh until the heat death of the universe <laughs> oh good podcast start yeah and it <laughs> hopefully end and on that true note <laughs> uh this has been al dente rigamortis uh, I've been your host, Review Cultist. Bye. You guys weren't going to say you who you were? And be? Okay. <laughs> we already did that like 30 right. seconds ago. All right, all right. Sleep well. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> yeah. <Spoo. laughs>